Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mindful Mystics Podcast. I'd like to say hello to my co-host tonight, Chucky G. Hi, Chucky G. Hi, Cheryl. How's it going? Doing quite well. How are you this week? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm a little pooped today, but you know it's okay. We had a long day at work, but I'm all I'm all jazzed jazzed up now. I was I, was, I just learned how to use Mailchimp. Oh my God, that's mind blowing in itself. So I, I, finally was, I was finally able to use that, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting this all sort candidly, all sorts of different stuff for classes I'm teaching, and yeah, so it was. It's been an interesting uh, evening so far. Yeah, I know all about the Mailchimp. Mm-hmm. Darn mm-hmm. monkey. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, tonight you will be very excited because we have a phenomenal guest to talk with. Okay. And I want to tell you a little bit about her. So let me just dive right in. All right. Tonight, we're going to be talking to Alana Selkie. She has dedicated her adult life to metaphysical exploration, and she spent about four decades researching, experimenting, writing, and teaching about human potential, manifestation, quantum dimensions, and living from vision. As a modern-day mystic, she helps others discover the power of their consciousness to create a successful life. She is also an international best-selling author, seminar leader, musician, and CEO of Living From Vision. She built and operates the Shambhala Oceanside Retreat Center in Bali with her husband, Dr. Don Paris. And Ilana and Don have lived on the, the island let's see, on an island north of Seattle for over 30 years, as well as in Bali, where they run the Shambhala Oceanside Retreat Center and the Shambhala Spa. Wow. Wow. That's cool. That's a lot. Yeah, that's cool. There's more. There's more. Get ready. (laughs) Okay. Ilona has written several (laughs) books and recently released her book, Dream Big, The Universe is Listening, Creating a Better World for Yourself and the Planet. And... I would like to tell everyone that we had the pleasure of featuring Ilona and her work in the October 2022 issue of Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm really excited to cover some of the topics we talked about in the magazine in more detail here tonight. And so I want to say welcome, Ilona. And I keep saying your name back and forth. So please clarify. It's Ilana, not Ilona. It's Ilona, not Ilana. It's Ilona. Yes. Hi, Cheryl. It was a pleasure hearing, hearing you guys chat ahead of time. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited. And, you know, when we when we featured you in the magazine, your your story really really inspired me. And so I'm glad you joined us tonight to talk a little bit more about what you do. And I guess I kind of wanted to start with something that you told me for the for the magazine. And that's, as a young child, you realized that you could communicate with the universe. And then you, 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 you realized that because you were conducting some of your own experiments as a child. And so yep. I was wondering if you could start off by describing how that process worked for you and how you came to that realization of that you could actually communicate with the universe. Cool. Yes, I love telling that story. And you know, for all of us listeners, it's something we all need to take home because the 
punchline is something we tend to do wrong and we really need to get it right. I will tell you the story how it went. So by age 10, I had kind of discovered that the universe must be listening to me because I always got what I didn't want. So I thought, you know, how can that be? I mean, I didn't want this, I didn't want that, but I got it. So it, there's got to be some communication going on. So I thought, you know, I can test this. I can test it with something I really want, but tell the universe I really don't want it. So for Christmas, I decided I'm going to silently think and tell nobody that I, well, wanted a bike, but I told the universe I did not want a bike. So you know, every now and then throughout the months prior, I would say, dear universe, I do not want a bike. But tell me what you do when you say I don't want a bike. Or when I tell you, do not think of that big white elephant. You know, the first thing we do is we draw up a picture or some semblance of a picture of what we are not supposed to think of. Mm -hmm. So in my case, it was the bicycle. In most everybody cases, when I say big white elephant, do not think about it. You, you have to first think of the elephant and then draw a big red X on it or take a sponge or however you get rid of the picture. But the universe doesn't quite get the not part. It only sees what you picture. And so the conscious and subconscious mind don't really understand each other. The subconscious goes literal and the conscious mind goes, well, I was sarcastic. I didn't mean it. I, I said, no, you no bicycle. So guess what I did get for my Christmas gift? Bicycle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And why did I get a bicycle? Tell me why. What's the logic there? Because, when I because, tell you, yep, because no yep. matter what you do, once you say don't do something or don't think of something, it's just going to stay there. It's going to become that manifestation because you've already it's, put it out there. Yeah, I'm, it's in my mind. Well, yeah. if we cannot undo, let's say, oh, you know, uh, I, and, I, and a lot of people, and let's, let's be honest, guys, everybody here, how often do we find ourselves saying something we don't mean? Like, oh, that's a really great day, you know, and we meant to say it's actually not going that well. Or that's great <laughs> weather, you know, it's actually yeah. raining in Seattle, you know, it's like. <laughs> Anyways, so when I was 10, I was so jazzed. I thought, my God, I discovered the secret of the universe. I just have to say no to anything I want. I don't want this and don't want that. And I get it. And, you know, I was inspired by the movie I Dream of Genie. That's kind of how I got there. <laughs> nice. yes so now as an adult i kind of got the picture and now i'm teaching it the right way i'm saying remember say what you want mean what you say visualize what you really want and that's what the universe is listening to well, that's so that's how i got to the book title dream big you know actually Jack Canfield interviewed me in Hollywood Live when I was in California, and he said, what's your message to a younger person of yourself? If you were younger, right? If, if you were younger, Chuck, did, would you have a message for your younger self? Um, like from now, from your wisdom of now? From Yeah, I, I would say to, uh, to, to know that life is a gift. You really, mm. need, to, you really need to enjoy every single moment. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Yes, let's do that. I am going to take that to heart right now and sit here in my hotel in Taipei, where we're calling us why it's 10 o'clock here in the morning for me, and take a deep breath. Wow, cool. Well, I like that. And so one of the messages that I told Jack Hanfield when I was in that interview, I said, dream big. The universe is listening. 
not like all the Newtonian physics who tells us that we're just a kick in the wheel, <laughs> not like most science tells us it's like what you think does matter. Even a computer could do what you do better. No, I say we humans can do it way better because we can talk to the universe. Mm -hmm. And that is what the EPR experiment proved. You know, Einstein didn't like that idea. He said, no, 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 come on. There has to be a real world. And the EPR experiment showed that there is action at a distance. Einstein called it spooky action at a distance. And we call it, you know, the, well, Wheeler called it the many worlds interpretation. There are parallel dimensions and you can tap them by focusing with your mind on it. And I bet you in a real way, I don't think AI will get there. So that's my hope for our future. We can choose and AI can do what we choose. Let's keep that mantra going. <laughs> that's very interesting um while we're talking about that since we're on that subject i mm. I, I have a question for you um okay okay and we're talking about manifesting and and such so first of all i guess it's a two-part kind of thing um first of all as far as life paths go do you believe it's something that's preset when we are born or something we choose before we're born or do we just manifest our lives according to our inner wants and needs as we go through life? Mm, I love that question. I really, really, really love that question. As a matter of fact, I dedicated my book, uh, Dolphins Love and Destiny, Yoga of the Soul, with the subtitle Yoga of the Soul, to that question. Because I experienced something where I would say destiny knocked on my door. So just to begin with, I think the day that we're born and the numerology that we're born with and our name that you can decipher numerologically, my God, in my coaching sessions, I can tell people point blank what their life is about and what their weaknesses are without knowing them at all. Like I can do the math. So yeah, I imagine it much like our soul comes in, but it has a vibrational pattern. Lessons from before, knowledge and wisdom and learnings it wants to continue. And it comes in, in a world that, or in a parenthood that is similar in, or can give the environment for the perfect, in the perfect resonance field for what the soul needs. So our date, our time, the people we're born with, it all fits with our resonant field. So we're not just arbitrarily born somewhere over there with a slingshot accidentally winding up, who knows where. Mm -hmm. So where we wind up in the time and everything makes us, let's just imagine, make a particular pattern, right? A particular kaleidoscope and that we walk through life with. Now, I know, and I can tell you from experimentation, uh, we can shift that. I was told in my dream, for example, in 1998, in November, I am supposed to leave my amazing husband, Don, Dr. Don Paris, and be ready for something new because I was supposed to meet this other being and start a family life. Mm -hmm. And I'm like going, in my dream, I said, dear God, I'm, I'm so sorry. I thank you very much, but I really don't agree. Is there another way? And honest to God, in my dream, this inner, it was a voice, a booming thing that said, okay, mm -hmm. you can do that, but it's going to be difficult. You can. And then they gave me a picture. They said, make your circle wider between you and your husband mm -hmm. and embrace the smaller circle, whatever that learning was, and put it inside. Now, you go figure what that means. And I didn't know what it exactly meant. And I just pretended for four months that it was just a dream. Mm -hmm. I talked about it with my husband. 
and decided that, you know, we better work on my emotions that were really saying no. And so we worked on it. And my biggest fear, uh, I felt it in my tummy, this contraction of like what was coming. And I, I don't want to go into all the details. You can read about it in my book, Dolphins Love and Destiny. But um, I transformed it into this brilliant image. And I still remember it. It was a silk carpet floating above a cobblestone, uh, cobblestone uh, street. Mm-hmm. All right. So it meant it meant to me a free spirit and cultural norms harmonizing together. That's what it meant to me. So within four hours, a guy comes up. We were doing an exhibit. I was a speaker at the Parfits Conference in Mexico, and we were witnessing the spring equinox at Chintinitza. And he comes in, stands Ooh. in front of me, and he says, I am supposed to meet a woman here. Could you tell me who, where she is? And I'm like going, I'm not your personal psychic. I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and would you believe it? That guy and had a vision six weeks later that he was supposed. I sent him off to find another woman. I, I told him, I think you're supposed to find this woman who reads the Mayan oracles. Go over there. You know, it's like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And Mother Mary comes to me shortly after this event. I just, I did happen to get his email address and he mm-hmm. got my email address because he was part of a group where we all hung out and da 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 da. Anyways. It is described in great detail. Anyhow, so I am saying, I'm dreaming. Mother Mary comes to me and says, here you as a baby. And I said, you know what? Don and I decided not to have children. Don had a vasectomy. We really didn't want to contribute to overpopulation. Sorry. (laughs) This was back in 1998, 1999 Mm -hmm. now, spring. And he, and Mother Mary says, no, no, this is not from Don. This is from that cute looking guy over there that you met for two minutes with a curly long hair. I'm like going, really? I mean, he lives in Mexico. He was German, but he lived in Mexico. I had intentions to go there, nothing. Four weeks later, I'm doing a seminar in Hawaii with Don about dolphin swimming and that such. He calls me up and he said, he writes me and I says, can I talk to you? And we talked on the phone and he said, I'd like to come to Hawaii to visit my girlfriend in Australia down the road. I'm going to stop by at your uh, workshop and do the workshop. I said, no problem. Come to the workshop. He came and he flirted with every woman in town except me. Well, I said, (laughs) Mother Mary must have really been wrong. (laughs) 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 I'm not Catholic, right? So Mother Mary, I don't know. I bless her heart. You know, she told me something that apparently was really off off the charts and wrong. Well, come, oh, come past the seminar. I got sick. I had to stay in Hawaii. Don had to fly home for our office work to Seattle, to our island home north of Seattle. And eventually I meet up with this guy and he said, Ilona, could you take a seat over there like 10 feet away from me on the other side of the wall in that couch over there? Thank you. And he said, I have to tell you something. Angels came to me and told me that I have to impregnate you. And I'm like going, what? And I told him my mother Mary's story. And worse, I had, while I was sick in bed, a good, amazing flautist, like Galloway level, called me and she said, I think you're going to get pregnant, Ilona. And I'm like, Don has a vasectomy. She said, no, 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 I think there's somebody else. I'm like going, no way. And And then I go see the guy and then he tells me his vision. So... All of this conspires to answer your question, Chuck. <laughs> is there destiny? Is there fate? And so 
I then took, and Don said, okay, well, let's see. If this is fate and destiny, let's see what we can do about it. Mm-hmm. And let's give it two years, and we think about it. So for two years, we discovered the world. We met people who had done something like that, been pregnant by one person and raised it with the other. We went to his parents. <laughs> shall we let that go by or shall I yeah. keep talking? No, no. Yeah, okay, you keep talking. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. <laughs> all right, so we discussed this. So after two years, I decide to go to Australia and visit him. Well, meanwhile, you read the juicy parts in my book. They are phenomenal. <laughs> my, my husband had to. My husband had to edit it, you know. It's like, okay, so it's it's very eye-opening because I did something where I listened to the inner voice of destiny mm-hmm. and I said, well, I really want to stay with Don come what may because I found mm-hmm. the best deal in town. I'm sorry to tell you guys, but this nice-looking guy that's supposed to make me pregnant and give me a child, you know, looks very tempting, but I really like my husband. Let's just let this cup go by me. Well, in this case, I managed to create something where I gave myself two years' time. So fast forward at the end of the two years, we visit a German author and in Munich. And uh, she has a daughter with a guy that she's been separated from, divorced for 13 years. She says, Ilona, I had a dream. You're going to have a Buddha child. I'm like, yeah, right. I know everybody keeps telling me, but I don't. And Dawn says, we don't really want to. And she said, why not? I would instantly say yes. And Dawn said, jokingly, yeah, well, why don't you do it then? <laughs> two, weeks later, she, two weeks later, she got pregnant oh, by, boy. no, really, by her ex-husband. And oh. she didn't even know how it happened. Yes, for 13 years, nothing. And then one night, they lost it. Two weeks later, after our talk, and she got pregnant. The boy, now fast forward, two years, he's two years old. Mm-hmm. And we sent the... Uh, they moved to New Zealand. We sent a video of of us being in uh, India. And so this little boy watches the video of Don and I in India, and he comes to the video screen and points to us and says, Mommy, Daddy. Oh, my God. So he sees us, tells him, yes, he tells his mom, Mommy, Daddy. Fast forward 14 years, he's now, well, no, he's now 14 years. He comes running to his mom, so she tells us. And she said, Mom, I know what I want to do in my life. I discovered Dr. Don Perez on the internet. He's working with radionics. That's what I want to do. That's my husband. He had never, ever heard about it. Nothing. He discovered this on his own, on the internet, age 14. Now, when you ask me, is there destiny? This boy could have been born with us. Didn't because somebody else was kind enough to volunteer. (laughs) Mother Mary and all and God told us to do something that we negotiated out of. Mm -hmm. But it had to happen. This mother is also an author, writes about dolphins, writes about education, speaks German and English fluently. Her husband is also a musician. And a mix between the guy I would have had a child with and Don has similar qualities. The guy's a studio musician, produces CDs and albums just like Don and I do. She plays flutes on his albums just like Don and I do. He found a match. He found whatever he needed and a similar upbringing and still found Don's and the information. Now, we're still friends with the other guy 
to this date. Mm -hmm. And four years uh, into that relationship or five years into that relationship, I prayed to God. I said, look, God, I'm willing to do my destiny. However, could you please be so kind as give me the same version at a little higher frequency? Like this one is not doing what we're supposed to be doing and not, you know, it's, I don't know. Hmm. Four days later, I walked into the twin identical looking, almost like blonde, long hair, walks across our path on New Year's Day after New Year's on a Nikki trail on Hawaii, on the big island of Hawaii. He sees us, we see him, but no phone numbers. I'm like going, oh, my breath is gone. Where do I find him? So the next two days or two days later, Don says, oh, you know what? I mean, we think he's a Californian. Well, he could be from Maui. <laughs> we go to our beach where we can swim with dolphins two days later, I think it was. Here he was right on that beach, standing with our good friends. And so we just chatted up our friends and, oh, by the way, who are you? Cute guy. And come <laughs> to find out he's now not in the match of sexual and mating. No, that's not our purpose. We practiced our union at a soul level, which is why the subtitle is called Yoga of the Soul. And that's how the story developed. This man and I developed a deep, intimate soul relationship. Other people would call it soulmates, but mm -hmm. I am a soulmate with Don as well. But he and I are continuing the relationship and inspire each other to teach the world, uh, which is what I was supposed to create out of the previous relationship. Mm -hmm. But he just, he, he like said he wanted to small, bake smaller breads. So a long answer, Chuck. I hope this was entertaining. Besides educational, we do have <laughs> destiny. We do have destiny. And if you raise your vibration above the current state, mm -hmm. you can then explore and express that destiny at a higher expression. And that's how I end my book. And to date, I still get a text every single day. That man and I, Amarea, uh, artist, musician, author, uh, teacher, coach, and seminar leader, texts. And we both meditate 15 minutes every single day and go into profound soul union. And wow. that inspires his work and my work to spread across the planet. Yes. So. And my husband is totally happy to have that in his life. And somebody else had the baby that worked out well, too. <laughs> yes. Well that, that, well, that is a very interesting story. And, yeah, it kind of sets the, the tone that there is destiny, but, you know, it can be it can altered. be altered, you know, or changed hmm. or, you know. So that's good. Yep. That's good news. Yep. So I like that. That's good news. Yes. And the, the emphasis is truly on we have to grow. Because right. the destiny is matching our current growth state. Mm -hmm. And if we want to get out of what difficulty or however challenging it may look, we may have to rise and raise our vibration and embody that new state. Yeah. But it's also still challenging, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, you have oh, to yeah. get over jealousy or whatever could happen sure. and live at a higher level. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, that cool. Is fascinating. <clears throat> Thank you. Fascinating. And... I want to talk about something that we chatted briefly offline earlier, earlier tonight about um, your first book with some of the dolphins. You mentioned it um, is about the magic of dolphins and it teaches how to access the holographic universe through the power of the dream time mind, which you've been talking about a little bit here. So can you talk about what is the holographic universe 
Why is it important for us to interact with it? And I'd love for you to, to tell our listeners about your story of telepathic communication with dolphins. Okay. Awesome. Yes. So I want to say up front, we live in a modern day world and currently holographics make sense to us. It means that something can appear 3D, but it actually doesn't have substance, right? A holographic image is the interplay between two laser beams. And when you look at a hologram, it actually looks like shattered lines and you can't see anything. It's only when you shine light through it that the 3D image appears. And to create it, it needs two beams of light, one steady beam and one interference beam. And if you look at our reality and God, or however one, which way you want to call that source code or that source, not, I don't want to say code even, I want to say source beam of whatever. Uh, these two create an interference and appear to become a reality. And so that's a metaphor in our modern day that makes sense to our modern mind. However, let's just go uh, think about how the old mystics considered it. They called it Maya, right? Maya is an illusionary world that isn't totally real. But what really is real is what we might in the modern day call now quantum field or even the informational field or beyond that. But science can give us names, but how do you interact? with an informational field. Give me a break. It's like, yeah, right. I don't have to be a quantum <laughs> physicist to figure this out. So realistically, humanity has done it since the ancient worlds, times. Even the Aborigines, you know, they call these, they draw these pictures on the wall and they call them Puri Puri pictures. Actually in Indonesian, Pura Pura, it means to pretend. Puri Puri, I think, must come from a similar word. <laughs> I am not sure, but it's pictures of the future event they envisioned that they wanted to see come through. So when we engage our mind, and it is best done if we allow ourselves to switch out of the rational left brain thinking into, I would call ideally the whole brain thinking, which is balancing the left and the right brain lowering our frequencies by breathing slowly, calming our mind down, you know, the normal meditation mindfulness techniques, but you can eventually do it in a flash of a second. And then shift to what at first may just feel like the proverbial, you know, when Plato said, go through that cave and you'll come out and there's the light, right? Um, one of his prodigies goes through and all oh, they see is brilliant light or in that case, my mom tried to teach me how to see that light. And I closed my eyes when I was six years old. And she said, look, look, there's that light. And I'm like going, mom, I only see darkness. So that's okay too. Dark or light, it's just one thing. And we can't usually differentiate anything at first. But with time, and this is why I love body-centered psychotherapy. It goes, you know, like you go into your body, you feel what you feel. And typically, I describe in the book, Wisdom of the Dolphins, a moment when I am on a train ride being late to meet a friend in 19, that was 88, I think it was, no cell phones, no taxes, no faxes. And the train was late and I was upset. I'm not going to, I'm going to miss this guy. I didn't know his address. Don and I were going to see him, a, a super genius music, musician who had a break in, in the symphony rehearsal. And he was going to pick us up at one o'clock under the big tower, big clock in the Stuttgart train station. And on the way, 
And I'm giving you this example to show you how and what a holographic universe metaphor might look like in real life. Okay. Okay. So I'm driving, we're in the train and I'm getting really antsy and then I'm getting frustrated mm. and it's getting later and later. And the train had to stop more and more often and to let other trains go in front of us. And, you know, Germany at that time was still supposed to be on time, but not today. So what do you do with your frustration or anger possibly? And where do you feel it? Cheryl, where do you, if you feel anything that might resemble upsetment or anger, where do you feel it? Um, let's see. When I get <sighs> that kind of feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where, where is that? <laughs> Often, like, like in my core. Yeah, in our tummy, usually in the yeah. middle of our tummy. Yep, yeah. right there. Solar plexus goes flaring up, right? If you gave it a color, what color would you give it? Sometimes red, like fire. Well, in red, my case, you know, dark, it goes yep, dark, dark, fire, yeah. anything. Yeah, you know, a volcano, who knows what. Everybody has a different picture. All right, let's just call that an holodynamic picture, a holographic dynamic image that has energy, right? But it's not very, uh, let's say, educated, kind, sweet, or anything positive, you know. Now, if you ask that, if you took it out and asked it what it actually really wanted, in my case, being late, what do you think it might have really wanted? Uh, Chuck, you give me an answer, too. What do you think it might have wanted? I'm not really sure. Um, I'm sitting there. I'm late. I'm angry. What do I really want? Well, you 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 don't want to be late. You want to be taken care of. You want to get it get moving. Okay. Remember, the universe doesn't hear a not, so I don't want to be late. No, we want oh. exactly what you yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. You did it right. Mm -hmm. You did it right. You you said you don't want to be late. You want to be taken care of. You want to arrive on time, or or at least meet our friend. Correct. Perfect. Yes, right. Okay. So we got from the old negative holographic image that we can find through feeling our feelings mm -hmm. to a color picture that has not only an obvious intent, which is get angry and blow up the world, maybe create a rocket ship behind the <laughs> train to get faster, but a positive intention. One that really wants to get what it really wants, right? Mm -hmm. All right. So I really want to get Ahead, I want to be there on time or at least meet a friend. So now, Cheryl, this is where we create a holographic image. The ancient rishis would have called it a Maya thing, but a good one. I want to be on time. I want to meet our friend. I'm not going to get out of time and space directly with my body, but with my consciousness, I can play outside of time and space because it's Maya, right? So it's not totally the true reality that I see here. It's the one that's beyond it that is more real, and beyond that is the ultimate source, the oneness. Well, let's just say I'm here as a being, and I have needs and wants. I visualize and feel as if I already got there. So, that, so okay. Okay, so you now have, right? So you have the old and the new, right? You have yeah. the new, I'm getting there. And now you allow yourself to feel what it feels like. Like me with my bicycle. I could have also done the same thing, just what would it feel like if I got the bicycle? Instead of imagining I don't want the bicycle and then see the bicycle, I could have said, I have a bicycle. I'm on my bicycle. I'm riding my bicycle. I am on time. I meet our friend. We're hugging. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so you were saying you're going to ask? 
No, so so this so we are creating our own reality by saying that this is the way it is before it, it is. is that right. right. But also acknowledging what is not currently working. Instead okay. of pretending and putting it on the carpet, because it has energy. It's a holographic dynamic energy. And it is real for me right now. I am sitting in that train. I'm late. I'm upset. All right. So the other one is sort of still at a dream level, a projection of a positive outcome. But how do I get the energy to enter that new image? That's where it matters that we are honoring of the old one. We say, thank you, dear old image, because you actually wanted something really nice. So we thank it and we ask it to cooperate and ask it if it wouldn't like to become the new energy and transfer the old energy from the old hologram into the new hologram. And guess what? When you honor anybody, if somebody says, thank you so much, Cheryl, for wanting this, come on over in my camp and we make sure you get it, would you go? Yes. Yes. And that's <laughs> what we do. <laughs> We'll get you there on time. Watch it. And it comes over, gives all its energy. We create a new hologram that has this new fire, but now transformed. It looked like a rainbow. All right. I'm sitting in the train. I have the rainbow in my head. I'm feeling much better. The train is running by all these clocks. The clocks are still late. Oh, well, I'm feeling good. <laughs> we arrive. Our friend is not in sight. What went wrong? Well, we said, go look around the corner, Don, and maybe he's hiding somewhere. But just as Don is wanting to go around the corner, our friend comes from around the corner towards us and says, Don, Ilona, what are you doing early here? We look at that big clock where we were supposed to meet him. And below, I mean, imagine that the clock changed. What do you say? Hold and below. Blow and in. English, I'm German. It said we were earlier than the time we were meant to meet. I'm like, how did this happen? My logical mind. And then I thought, do we have daylight savings time switch? It was August. No, that was out of the question. There is no way that we were late, late, late and arrived early. I can tell you now, after 40 years of experimentation, Things like this happen to even I had a radio host in Portland. I came to her interview show and she said, you know, I read that. And so I did something like that. And the other day I was late for an interview and I lost my interviewee and we didn't meet. So I'm like, where are we going to meet? And she just visualized meeting her. She went out on the street and they bumped into each other on a busy Portland street downtown. And there they are and ready to do the interview. So she said, thank you very much for that example. And she applied it. And so have done tons and tons of people around the planet. But we need to know that this can work, that our universe appears to be solid, just like Einstein was hoping it would be, but like quantum physics and the EPR experiment, which just was proven in 82. And there were just four Nobel Prize carriers who just got the Nobel Prize to further prove that yes, the observer effect changes the outcome. Whoever looks and expects an outcome, that's you and me, changes the quantum foam, so to speak. So that's the greatest news, and we all have to wake up to it. The Australian Aborigines knew it. They called it Puri Puri Pictures, pretend the future now, and that's how they create it. Uh, Christians prayed. Uh, every religion prays and mm -hmm. asks for a favor, right? 
Right. And and it's always around, and I just, I'm doing a 365-day course right now online with videos, like the Course of Miracles. And yesterday I talked about the fact that with a good conscience, you you manifest more easily. And good conscience, you know, when the Christians play, pray and say, please, Father, God, Father in heaven, please forgive me my sins as I forgive all others. Not having any burden and being able to say, God, this is really what I want. Or, dear universe, really, I want to arrive early on time or not on time and meet my friend, allows you the luxury of manifesting. So the next biggest thing is that we become good beings with a clear conscience, and our manifestation works much easier in this holographic quantum form. Did I answer your question? And I haven't done the telepathy part with dolphins. I can tell you more about that. But did I answer sufficiently so that all of us viewers here or listeners can follow and apply this in their own life? Yeah. I mean, this is something that I really have to mull over. Okay. (laughs) I have to do a lot of thinking because it makes sense when you're saying it. And then mm-hmm. I, and then later on, I'm going to yes. be like, I need to apply what? this. And right. I, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yes, you did answer the, my question. Thank you. Uh, all right. And to make it easier in terms of applying, there are three words I can teach everybody right now that you can just remember easily. You want me to, to share them? Yes, yeah. please. All right. So let's just do an exercise right now. All of us can think of something that didn't go well in the last week, right? Yeah. I did hope. Something, right? oh, small, yes. large, anything. All right. Okay. All right. So um, stop. That means in the moment that you're in the movie, you're going to pretend that you're now in the director's seat and you say, stop, stop. Well, wait a second. Movie time. We're going to take two. Let's like look at take one first. Okay. That didn't go well. Let's put that over on the side there. All right. We're looking. That's called stop. You stop your movie and you step out of it. So just let it be a movie. Look at it. It didn't go well. And you go, what didn't go well? What was it about? Okay. Kind of, okay, that happened. That's what didn't work well. So that's why you're looking. Now I want you to contemplate what you really want. What would you rather want it, the outcome to be? Okay. Okay, got it. And just feel it, pretend it, imagine it for a moment. How that could have felt when you experienced that outcome. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you allow yourself to have that? Would that be okay? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Now, this is the moment where we choose. Yes, I choose that. Thank you very much, universe. Stop, look, and choose. Thank you. We choose. Okay. Now, just enter one more time and make it even bigger. Like, you know, you just step into a live-sized screen movie. The end result of what you want. Not the means, the end result. You could imagine it fulfilled. Okay. I got it. I got mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you, Cheryl? Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I hope all of us did this. And all you need to remember is the stop, the look at the situation, and the choose part. And the question was, what do you really want? And just feel it for a moment. And then let the universe give you the best resolution. You know, I always say, let go and let God do. So this is how you can, Cheryl, apply it every day. And okay. uh, just remembering these three words. I love because that. Yeah, it's easy. Did you feel a shame change in your body chemistry or in your feeling? Yes, absolutely. 
And you, Chuck, could you feel how it shifted the mood? Oh, yeah. If it, yeah, if it would have turned out like that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes okay. So I, I hear you say if it would have turned out that way. Just That's assume correct. for a second the universe would allow you to step into the very movie of your choice. Okay. How would that feel? That feel awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'd like you to just remember that awesome feeling and just maybe every day rehearse that for a moment. Not doesn't have to be long. Just a moment. Step into that and say, thank you, God. And I let go and let God. Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, what we need to realize is that the feeling that we carry, the holographic pattern of energy or the resonance field that we carry within us is what gets us to the destination. And you know, there is a great story that I got from the ET community, which described how aliens managed to um, direct their craft. So, do you want to know how they fly their UFOs? Heck yeah. 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 Hey, okay, all right. This is the one <laughs> oh. that goes, that stuck to my mind, and it makes driving our personal flying, you know, uh, mm -hmm. personal seat here more easily in life. All right. They get in, and then they take a seat at this uh, console, and they put their hands on this gel-like module, left and right hand, and it connects with their thoughts and energy. And the captain, the ET captain, mm -hmm. visualized the coordinates and pictures himself or herself or itself at the destiny, at the destination. Okay. It pictures itself to arrive at the destination. Zoom, wham, time space collapsed, and they arrive. Because that captain learned how to keep coordinates of the destination very clearly in his or her its or its mind and consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that's the job we need to do. Be very precise mm -hmm. and clear. And know you will arrive at your destination of mm -hmm. your choice. Mm -hmm. But this metaphor really helped me to bring this stop, look, choose into a feelable thing. To sit at that console, put your hands on, a, <laughs> on those modules, you know, that read your thoughts and then yeah. arrive at the destination. That's very and cool. And that's how they blink in and blink out, you know? Mm -hmm. That's how. Okay. Wow. So, so, wow. so I got a question now. We're talking about aliens. Okay. Yes. So, um, okay. You know, as far as visitations go, okay, yep. you have all the stuff yep. about mutilating cattle and anal probes yep. and all this crazy stuff. You know what I mean? So, right. Especially I mean, in the 90s, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, do we have any more of that? Do we have currently any more of that? I'm, I'm asking I you. I don't really think that you hear as much about the the darker side or whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I mean, you still have. No, it's. I have a. I have a reason why I'm asking that question. I'm asking it ahead of time to get some confirmation because I haven't read and heard about yeah. it. I'm just I, wondering. I mean, okay. there's still there's still visitations coming. Like you got Skinwalker yeah. Ranch. They're still working on sure. all that. You know, in Utah's right. the basin is is pretty active. Um, so. Right. But uh, and I think, but not like, the drawing blood thing. Not right. the getting. I, I don't the, think. I don't mm -hmm. think there's as much of that going on. There's some still, but not not as heavily in the news and being brought forth like it used to be. So my question yeah. is, is like with them, with with aliens. I'm I'm mm -hmm. assuming. I'm just gonna make an assumption. I don't like to make assumptions, right. but I'm gonna assume, I'm make assumption anyways that they are vastly 
uh, more advanced mentally, I guess. Yeah. Why the would they least. bother? Why would they? Yeah. Why would they bother coming down like you know, probing us and looking at our cows? You know what I mean? I mean, I love your question. I, 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 think, it, I think it would be yes. something yes. much more profound than that. You know. So, can you yes. tell us what you think about that? Yes. I, I, do you want a monologue or shall I cut it down to five minutes? Five each minutes. Time? Five minutes. <laughs> five minutes. Okay. All right. All right. Break it down. Okay. Summarize. Yeah. Okay. So in the nine, in the eighties and nineties, I got a lot of visitations and there was a moment in time I remember very clearly. And I asked these, what appear to be like grays, you know, the typical scene <laughs> looking and probing and trying to figure us out at another dimension going, <laughs> how do you tick? And I said, what do you want? And they said, we want to find out how you can, and this is really, I think, the crux of the matter, okay. how you can commune with the source code, with divine energy, and mm. how to love. They didn't, they don't have it. And I had friends who literally, well, one had a loss of pregnancy at stage, whatever, few months, mm -hmm. and also had these scratch marks on her thighs. And she was a super psychic. And Months and months and months later, she had was taken out of body and brought abroad a craft type thing where she was to take care of this little baby creature mm -hmm. that was hers, but they didn't know how to nurture. So I'm going to summarize this so it's going to be on an answer under five minutes and say, you know, so Cheryl, you asked me about all my experimentation with dolphins. I did a thousand hours worth of dolphin experimentation underwater in the wild. And I have tons wow. of proof where I ask questions and certain answers come. I, I ask for configurations. I mean, a ton of stories in my book, Wisdom of the Dolphins, that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that they can hear us, that they, I mean, uh, Frank Robson wrote a book, The Pictures in a Dolphin Mind. He trained dolphins telepathically. They read our minds. But if a person, another trainer said they're just dumb little animals, you know, they didn't do what he wanted them to do. When Frank Robson approached them and visualized a red ball in the air, a dolphin would jump and hit the red ball in the air without any fish to get as a reward. So now all of that is written in my book. I'm prefacing that so that now when I talk with aliens in my head or ETs, maybe we can trust that what I get is pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. I have a pretty amazing track record. So this answer we don't know how to love and we don't know how to connect to the divine. That's what they want to get from us. Now, wow. also the story about, you know, the people who lost their babies and, uh, you know, I think, I think potentially mm -hmm. these are actually biorobotics from our human future okay. coming back to, and this is the reason why I asked you whether we have had too much of this happening anymore, because taking the genetic code I mean, doing the breeding program, that was right. all in the 90s. That mm -hmm. doesn't, it's not happening anymore. Mm. I, I have not read and heard about it. And no. I have heard a lot and I have enough contacts. But what has changed in uh, our ability as humans? What have we changed? And I can give you the answer if you feel at a loss. I mean, uh, what has changed? What has changed what as far as humanity? Technology. Yeah, like. Uh, technology, exactly. Technology and gene technology in specific. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Yep. And my idea right now that I have is that we've already altered our gene pool to such a degree that whatever disaster is going to happen in the future is already set into motion. Oh. They are coming back to get the gene pool from before 
the big mess up. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. Yep. yep. Yeah. And I think that's why we had so much back then. And these are robots. They can't talk to God. They can't feel love. They can't right. nurture in a real sense. You know, Harlov, who did the monkey uh, experimentations, you know, gave rocking monkeys to that fed milk to a little baby monkey. They were crazy. They they were defunct little creatures. Wow. They, they look, I mean, if you look at it on video, I have some footage on it. Mm -hmm. They look like they're like scarecrows, you know, like running mm -hmm. around going, what is wrong with this universe? It's not, if they don't get nurturance, and we know that from a lot of research, if we don't have love, and love is not something you can pretend that rocking is not love, giving milk is not love, hugging is, you know, by a squeeze doll is not love. Mm -hmm. It's something that happens, and it doesn't happen with robots. Not no. in the past, not in the future. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, okay. Are all aliens... <laughs> Are all aliens, so you have the greys, you know, you have right. different, you, you have the reptilians, you have, you know, the tall, different, blonde, mm -hmm. what are they called? I'm blanking right now on their names, but. Pleiadians are. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. And are they all future us or no. what? No, no. They're different species and a lot of them live underwater. I have watched. Uh, in my own mind, go, them, you know, where I live by the water, where they've gone to. That's, you know, we don't know. But I think that is why the government is using this big underwater um, ultra, you know, high, low frequency research that they're mm -hmm. doing, which has damaged so many whales and dolphins. Uh -huh. And they want to see. I mean, I think they're underwater, but um, they're different creatures, different beings, and I think a lot of them live at a higher frequency level than what we humans live at. It's just, you know, you just step up the frequency and to us it becomes invisible. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, it just vibrates faster. For them, it's still physical. For us, it's invisible. Um, and I, you know, I always think if they wanted to have taken over, they would have, although I'm questioning currently. I do think that we may have either AI or robotics or ETs or whatever at the helm interacting with our politicians. Mm-hmm. That part, I think, is already happening. And I've seen it in my own research of remote viewing. But, you know, there are lots of people who say the same thing. We are not told that. But Joe McMahon Eagle, who used to work, he's uh, counseled and helped a lot of, uh, do a lot of research at the Monroe Institute. He was one of the top remote viewers for the U.S. government and one of the top six. And one time he was given coordinates of... Uh, a place, you know, they just give him north and south latitude and longitude and all that. And he goes there and looks and he describes a pyramid, the shafts, the directions, the everything. And when he comes out, he says, look, I've done all the pyramids on earth. This was not one on earth, was it? And they said, no, it was on Mars. And he said that the odd thing was he had seen these giant beings leftover creatures, I think it was skeletons at that point, that were guardians in the pyramids. Uh, with, I remember that. I'm not quoting me on, so don't quote me quite on this, but this is what I remember from the story. This has been in the 90s that I went there. And um, the leftover, these were giants. And the Nephilims that we have in our human story mm -hmm. were the giants that we have bones of. And the Indians even described them in their lore. And in the 30s, you saw newspaper articles even describing them, showing bones. So I think we have had aliens of all kinds. 
And when we think aliens, we usually think it's them, not us, right? Yeah. Well, very likely a whole lot of humans have been incarnated here or there. We're not just humans. We are soul. We are not humans slowly growing up from Neanderthals. We are the soul that migrates according to the needs of learning to whatever civilization needed, oftentimes based on attachment and or desire or interest. So if we really fall in love with Pleiadians next lifetime, we may even wind up there. So that's what I'm trying to say. We're not humans. We are soul in a human body. So I agree. Let's, yeah, yeah. I agree on that, yes. So, okay. the, the, so if you ask me, there were a lot of different strands of aliens, yes, and also different intentions and different needs. But I always say if they wanted to take over in a bad way, they would have already done it mm. a long time ago. Oh, yeah. So, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm more concerned about the takeover of AI. <laughs> That's a whole nother topic, isn't it? it That's is. a whole nother show. <laughs> Let's, do it. Let's do it. Let's we, do it. We definitely need a part two because my mind is spinning right now and yeah. I have mm. 5,000 more questions. So yeah. can we do this again? Hopefully. I'd love to. Oh, wonderful. I love your questions. I really do. And I hope there was practical, useful less stuff. Let's just repeat yes. every time. Remember, stop your movie. Allow yourself the chance to look at it like a movie director and go, okay, I'm not happy. All right, I'll look at it. That's what's not working. Now, what do I really want? Remember that question. It's really important. What do I really want? Mm -hmm. And then imagine feel and pretend for a moment you are that UFO person directing your UFO ship to the destination of your choice by simply imagining arriving at the destination and then saying, thank you, God. There you go. Or this, this or better. Thank you. Yes. I took notes. I'm going to do that. Yep. It is the number one. It's a shrunk down version of a technique that Dr. Vern Wolf developed also in combination with Dr. Rod Newton. Both holodynamics and living from vision came from these two geniuses in my life. And I'm utterly grateful. And I don't, I didn't invent that. No, I am quite happy to rehash, but you know, ultimately it's something that's ancient, that ancient cultures did that I've discovered when I was 10, just with a minus sign in front of it and that we all can do with a plus sign in front of it every day. <laughs> I love that. Thank you so much. Before we go, I would like you to take some time to tell our listeners where they can find you online or oh, sweet. Thank where you. they can find the retreat or anything, you, you, your books, all of that. Yes. Okay. If you get my name and type it in, Ilona Selke, it's with an I L O. N A S like in star E L K E dot com, Ilona Selke.com or Ilona Selke.online, my online courses. And our Shambhala Retreat Center, it's S H A M B L A, Shambhala, Shambhala, S H A M B L A, Shambhala dot com in Bali. We take groups and people come. It's a vegetarian, no garlic place because garlic shuts down the ability to see into other dimensions pretty much. That's oh. why the CIA was not allowed to eat garlic when learning to do remote viewing. Bob Beck, who trained them, told us. And that's why all the monks in, in India don't eat garlic either. Um, yes, please remember that the next time you eat Italian food. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why they ate garlic when they saw ghosts. You know, it shuts them. It shuts the vision down. <laughs> no, no more garlic bread. Okay, no more garlic. No more ghosts. You know, or whatever. Anyhow, yes. Yes. Wow. Okay. And and Nick, and everybody can find your books online. I'm assuming Amazon. Yes. Yes. Okay. yes, everywhere. And by the way, if you come and visit me on my ilonaselki.com site, you can get a free app. It's my Living from Vision Light app where you get an audio morning exercise, an audio morning and evening meditation about eight minutes long to start your day positively and end it on a reflective note. What worked well? What didn't work well? What do I really want? What am I grateful for? The magic keywords to create a better life. Nice. Oh, very cool. I'm going to go download that. There yes. you go. All, All right. right. Thank you so much. I really wow. appreciate yeah. you talking with us tonight. And we should do a part two. I love talking with you. Karen, yeah, it was fun. Thank you. <laughs> Karen missed out. She was, she was ill, but she would love to talk with you, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, hopefully we can do a part two soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. And um, I wish you a beautiful, are we, uh, yeah, whatever season you're in, I am traveling to Germany into the mountains to go into the snow soon. Oh, that sounds like fun. Have a great time. Thank you. <laughs> well, all right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You, yep. This is another episode of Mindful Mystics, and we'll see you next time. Good night. Bye. Good night. Good night.